0: goats we're watching movies now we kind of broke our brains so we're just watching movies now hello and welcome to angry little goats i'm eliza skinner
1: hi i'm will weldon
0: and here we are talking about
1: we're talking invasion about
0: invasion of the body snatcher we're 78. Ta- talking about a little
1: a little movie Called the Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
0: Beep, 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 beep. It sounded like you were very Casey Kasem, so I wanted to.
1: Um, yeah, to I'm. I'm not a big introducer. I've never. No one's ever been like Will Weldon, great host. Doesn't it all seem like he's making fun of the concept of hosting? When yeah, he-
0: I guess I like it, but that's because I, I just I find it delightful. It's kind of your overall um, uh, uh, torture by every small task.
1: Right, so I've well, I've got, uh, I've got, um, I've got. Uh, if, if we're getting right into it, I've got. Uh, so it is, uh, yeah, as you said, it's based on the 1954 story, "The Body Snatchers," that was mm-hmm. originally serialized in Collier's magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book has been made into a movie four times: 1956's "Invasion of the Body Snatchers," 1978's "Invasion of the Body Snatchers," Abel Ferreira's "Body Snatchers" in 1993, and uh, that's probably supposed to be Oliver Hirschbegel's The Invasion in 2007. Uh, each of those films reviews get a little progressively bit worse, worse. <laughs> than the prior ones until it really bottoms out with The Invasion. However, the film was also the basis for 1998's The Faculty and 2019's Assimilate. Uh, The 1956 version is the best reviewed, although perhaps contemporary critics and opinions would now point to the 1978 version as a superior version. And this book is also where the term and notion of pod people.
0: Pod people.
1: From, which is if you're young and listening to this, I feel like pod pod people. It was like more popular to refer to people as like pod people when we were young uh, and now yeah. been replaced by like a uh, automaton, uh, maybe. Or NPC or yes. uh, Terms from the Matrix. It's it's more video gamified now as opposed to just straight up uh, old science fiction.
0: Yeah. Um, Can I say something about the serialized short story of it?
1: I was informed I would be the only one speaking during okay, this.
0: Okay, fine. Finish it. Finish <laughs> it.
1: No. uh, Wait, what were you... What, is it... Yeah, what were you going to... What? What? Well, what?
0: just just I miss I, I I mourn the loss of um uh sci-fi and uh, literary magazines that would like publish things like this, uh and but also one of the stupidest interactions I ever had with a rideshare driver, um <laughs> because it it's probably well known that uh comedians hate telling anybody, especially a rideshare driver, that they are a comedian. Right. Um, and we very often lie about it. And I am incredibly, terrifically bad at lying, especially about that for some reason. Um, but I would I used to try. And one time I was in a lift going to or an Uber, whatever. I don't know what brand it was, uh, but I was going to the improv and the guy was like, so what do you do? And I was like, I write sci fi short stories. And he was like, "Oh, you you publish books?" And I was like, "No, for magazines. For <laughs> magazines." Like, I may as well have said, "Like, oh, I make steam powered shoe presses." Like, so weirdly old timey. Um, and then he explained comedy to me because he was a, a sketch writer and wanted to tell me all about how comedy worked. As I went I, to go do
1: my comedy set. I make my living writing short fiction for Playboy magazine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, the dream, the dream. <laughs> That's where uh, Stephen King, I believe, wanted to put um Carrie.
1: It is. I remember realizing that the, you know, the whole fucking, oh, I only read it for the articles. Yeah, right, buddy. Like that was such a like popular joke. But um then looking back on it, it's like, oh, but Playboy was filled with tremendous articles. <laughs> there was a lot yeah. of great- Cynthia Heimel had- and journalism going on in the pages of Playboy.
0: Cynthia Heimel was a frequent contributor, and I think had a had a column in it for a while. She was, you know, one of my formative authors growing up. One year, again, when I was a teenager, I asked. Um, for like, I, I would game out Christmas lists where I'd be like, okay, if I only ask for three things, I got to get them or like two things or one thing or whatever. And one year I asked for Cynthia Heimel's sex tips for girls, which was a book of comedic essays that I used to read at Walden books sitting on the floor. <laughs> um, and my mom was like, I cannot get you this. I cannot get my daughter a book called sex tips for girls. Mm-hmm. So my sister got it for me. And I was like, point for the sister.
1: That um, that reminds me of that. Uh, there's that show. Uh, the was it the Sex Lives of College mm-hmm. Girls? Um, and it really is just like imagine admitting you watch a show called that. You're in like mixed company at a party.
0: My one of my like, former I've writers been... is on that show.
1: Yeah, it's it's. Uh... And
0: I used to be on a show called Sexual Intercourse American Style.
1: Which See, but that's... also that's... you
0: don't want to tell people because they're they're just like, oh, okay, so you're kind of a. A pay-per-view kind of gal.
1: (laughs) I guess that one to me seems like less weird than like specifically like the sex lives of college girl. Like, you know, as I'm bumping up on 40, it's just like, uh, I'm like, you know, I'm at an age where it's like, listen, your your pornography tastes have to grow up a little bit. Then there's that fun little making of, a fun little story from the making of, I watched the making of featurettes from the DVD on YouTube. This is all I really retained. donald sutherland claims that um he was running a lot uh during the time the movie was shot and it seems like both before and after but um he uh he claims that uh, one day he was out running and he was hit by a car and as he was like bouncing up over the hood he made eye contact with the driver and saw the driver say uh oh god not you as uh he realized who he had hit but this to me seems like a classic. I, as I've I've gotten older, I believe every story every actor tells is a lie. Yes. I don't believe know know one one of these stories is true.
0: I know one that used to send out group emails to his Xbox friends being like, I'm going to be on a late night show. Anybody have any stories? And at one point, a guy I was dating sent one in, sent one back to him, because they're, you know, they're Xbox friends, I guess. And he told it on the show. And I remember watching it with this guy and being and him being like, "That was that was
1: my story." What if uh, what if he was like, "So I just finished railing my girlfriend, Eliza Skinner." <laughs>
0: I would have been like, "Yes, yes, He's my on, book deal just went through."
1: I'm Lano. so I'm raw um, Dog and my girlfriend, comedian <laughs> Eliza Skinner. <laughs> Social Security is as follows. Hey, look,
0: this was the early uh, uh teens, 20 oh, teens. Yeah. So th- truly, no think piece or downside to that. Um
1: back when people were getting famous doing like jokes about Mexican gardeners on Twitter.
0: Oh my god, who did that?
1: Oh god, Jenny Johnson, I think is her name. She was like really big on, on Twitter and all her jokes were racist. Oh, yeah. And then one day people were like, Wait, this all this shit's racist.
0: I mean, to be fair, as you are implying. That time period, it, uh, someone was making these jokes and they were all racist. Was pretty much most of yes. Twitter the sense of humor at that time? Don't say was, that I was
1: implying you. You started by talking yes. about how it was a yes, it's era. true era.
0: But the sense of humor at that time was more more than like, can you believe this connection? I made the surprising turn of phrase, whatever it was. Can you believe I actually just said that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. it, it's you know, it it's really. It really just all needs to be wiped out and cannot be evaluated i've i've put away so many things from that time and i i've um my shit is not even like uh, super offensive but it just still has that this is mostly just wow you're not supposed to say that thing and they said it yeah you know
1: yeah it's real uh jimmy Carr. i'm such a cheeky monkey stuff
0: mm-hmm who? Oh God!
1: That clip that went around of him opening his special—God forbid! That guy
0: cannot. Comedy. He used to hang out in the green room at uh, Corden, and he was just, just, a, just like a little fog of unpleasantness about him.
1: You yeah, know? I don't. I think, and he's been
0: really terrible to friends of mine who have worked foreign with him.
1: You know, um, this um, is behind
0: a paywall, right? We're putting this behind <laughs> a paywall.
1: You've seen, um, you've seen uh, Escape from New York, right? Yes. Yeah, I think we should Snake Pliskin. I think we should do that to England, just wall it (laughs) off and just not force that culture on the rest of the world.
0: No, no, it's not England because it's the same as here. It's all the people who it's, it's celebrity culture. It's the closer you get to being a celebrity, the more you get to see it. And most normal, rational people with like hearts and brains look at it and go, oh, that's bad. That's terrible. I don't want to be a part of that. And we roll back a little bit and maybe we preserve like a small following so we can go do stand-up shows someplace or have podcasts or whatever um, but the people who are like that celebrity I'm looking at it I can see it clearly looks great to me looks totally fine sign me up those people I, from w- any culture are are bad <laughs> so I, I would those are I, the bad I, guys
1: I, I'm still I would say anyone who is like a victim of the British Empire gets like a one-time only leave the UK free pass and then sure. after that Walls straight up around that. Oh, wall. oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, but see, I also have issues because you're saying the UK and um. I mean, well, England. Know-
1: it's, okay, I, England. So it's it's anyone who's a victim of the British Empire, which is letting like the Scottish off a little easy because, uh, you, you know, know uh, very involved in the the army for a long time. But again,
0: uh, again, we're talking about civilians here. We're talking about civilians who run
1: chip shops. And what did they do to me? I say. You got to do what you got to do. And what you got to do is build a wall around the entirety of England. Hey, I could have been ruder. I could have said we should put charges underneath the aisle and sink it to the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) Which is only well. The problem more, is and you're and a going after to. the
0: one foreign country that I have dual citizenship with, so I could possibly formulate some sort of escape plan out of this place with uh, a very silly relationship with guns that at least the UK doesn't have. Anyway, back to invasion of the body snatchers. I got, I got
1: into an argument with my uncle who did not believe. We're not getting back to it, are we? Who did not believe that um, uh, we had at this point reached the bottom of the ocean because he was saying he didn't think climate change was a re he's like, you really believe that the planet has been around for billions of years and we can in like 150 do the damage to it. People are saying, and I was like, yes, we've been to not only the moon, but the bottom of the ocean are, we're yeah. like, have we're a little famous. pride
0: in the human race. Of course we can do that kind of stuff.
1: And he was, like we have not been to the bottom of the ocean. I was like, not only have we been to the bottom of the ocean, James Cameron was the first one to do it, and he was like, this "Wait, wait, is wait." Not There's true. a
0: lot of different bottoms to to the ocean. No, so
1: the Mariana Trench is the deepest part of the ocean, and James Cameron went to the bottom of it in a submarine he designed. This no. is all true. What
0: about that? What about that real deep, like hole in the ocean where the the diver got stuck, and then more divers went down to get them, and then they got stuck, and it's just like filled with bodies on a string.
1: Well, so that's not deep anymore because it's so filled with divers that now that's it's almost n- reaching okay. the top the, the, of the where the diver is is the not surface surface bottom the bottom of the ocean. That's yeah, not that how it's defined. Yeah, that now counts as the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, if you, you, know, if you plug a people hole- People have come like,
0: here to hear us talk about a movie if, is the if problem.
1: You, if you plug a hole in a cup, I don't think they have. I think they've come here to just listen to whatever's going on. Well,
0: <laughs> also, P.S., the planet is going to be fine, but it is shaking us off <laughs> like a dog after a bath. Oh, yeah. We're- like, yeah. it's going to be fine. Um, um, It'll just be an uninhabitable for us, which I get. That's how I have dealt with men in my life. You know, I've been like, you know what? I want to make me uninhabitable for men. I'm yes. done with that. It, they have already uh, done enough to my ecosystem. I'm single from now on. Go, You go, girl, planet Earth.
1: I'm going to make what I'm saying. I'm going to make dating me. A lot like going to the bottom of the Mariana trench. So <laughs> no, you better get James me, Cameron like to design you a deep submersible. Deeper
0: that you don't know about where bodies are hanging on strings. No. And so many divers have, have gone after each other and just ended up dead. Well doesn't
1: there. count as the bottom. James Cameron invented a submarine to get to the bottom of the ocean. Um he's well, let's uh,
0: get to the bottom of this movie.
1: He's as fascinating a man as has ever lived. Uh, weird guy. Um he also doesn't yell on set anymore, apparently, because he uh, visited Ron Howard on set. Watched him interact with his actors and crew, and went, "Oh, have I not had to yell at every single person I that has been working for me all these years? This is a shocking thing to discover." So, "Invasion of the Body Snatchers" were there ever, um, uh, uh, it filmed in and around San Francisco, San Francisco. on location. You can really tell too. Um, oh yeah,
0: the San Francisco is very much the uh the the third character in this rom com.
1: People often say San Francisco is itself a character.
0: That's what I, I I just said.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just always funny when to me when someone is like, you know, the place is like a character. I had somebody tell me in the new Batman, they're like, it's almost like Gotham City is a character in the movie, and I was like, okay, come on, we're not. That's my
0: favorite thing to say about we're not uh, doing
1: this about Gotham City.
0: That's my favorite thing to say about booze in dating reality shows. Now, <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> love is blind. It's almost like the booze is a couple too
1: the uh, the um i i watch uh I, no subtitles i don't understand what they're saying but you still know what's going on i will watch like um like nordic like um or scandinavian and like south american mtv those mtv shows like acapulco trying to be more shore. relatable uh, i don't know why i it's because i'm fucked up i'm a weirdo um <laughs> it, uh, like acapulco shore or like like Uh, X on the beach, uh, like Norway, and they get so are they just
0: all on the beach in like sweaters and galoshes?
1: No, so they're so tanned. You would not believe how tanned these people get before they go on the show. It's crazy. Um, there's like a universal look for those kinds of shows that it seems entirely based around like UK reality Mm -hmm. television.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, the lips, uh,
0: I really feel like, you know, we we started things off with reality TV and the UK came in and was like, I see what you're doing and I'm going to I'm going to do what you're scared to do with it, which yeah. is make it even more fucked up. This is ours um, and they they fully have. And then we saw that and we're like, oh, shit, we got to catch up. Um, yeah. N-
1: Naked Attraction is now on HBO Max and it's one of the most insane. things. I was
0: talking about it with Aristotle uh, before <laughs> you got here. And I was saying that I remember seeing that on TV in England when I was like on vacation a few yeah. years ago, sitting in my hotel room just at nine o'clock at night on regular old terrestrial, you turn the TV on, what's on? And it was naked attraction. I was like, uh, uh, "How how how is this allowed? What is happening? <laughs>
1: it is the kind of thing though, it's like they, they're so clinical on the show, the way they talk about the bodies, they clearly have a rule to be like generally pleasant, but they're both so clinical. I just saw one where they were,
0: oof. They were mean.
1: That might have been the one. There was like a big scandal because someone was on the show and they were not nice. Um,
0: Oh, Aristotle just piped in to say that he loves it because he's a uh, sicko. Yeah, you don't have to call yourself a sicko, Aristotle. (laughs)
1: Little pervert. Yeah. Um, Oh, don't say that about yourself. He just changed his name to Daddy's Little Pervert on the Zoom call. Oh,
0: Aristotle.
1: Um, but uh, uh, it's also everyone is just like blasted in such powerful fluorescent light that it's like, oh. It is like hard to sexualize even a naked body under the lights of a doctor's office.
0: Yeah. Um, uh,
1: But uh, right. Okay. So
0: uh,
1: speaking of bodies, uh, speaking about people's bodies Mm -hmm. with a a television crew or film crew, what is so before we get started, what is your first association? I'm assuming you've seen this before.
0: Yes. So I saw this. Okay, speaking of terrestrial TV, I don't know what was going on with TV in my hometown in the 80s uh, on, like, Saturday and Sunday afternoons. But this is one of the many movies that I remember watching by myself in my parents' room on the TV in their room just one afternoon. And it freaked me out so deeply. This and Altered States, both of which I'm like, this can't be right. They cannot have just shown (laughs) these at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But I think they did, because, um, yeah, this was one of the things that, like, really I saw early and it really chilled me. Um, and I would have nightmares about it, about everybody in my life slowly becoming facsimiles of themselves um, and me being the only real person.
1: So uh, I my first uh, association, I have an ex-girlfriend who told me she watched this uh, this movie in film class. And it scared her so badly she had not the ending specifically scared her so badly she had nightmares about it for like years and years and years. So my personal first association with the movie is like, oh, yeah, this scared Jackie nearly to death when she watched it in a classroom surrounded by her peers.
0: Yeah, that was my that it's that ending part that also. So wait, do we need to? This is old enough. You've seen it or you haven't seen it. Look, I,
1: uh, spoilers. Stop it. Stop it with being concerned about spoilers. Well, I'm not concerned case. about spoilers. Not I'm just you. saying. I so... mean the listener at home. This oh, is oh, the listener okay. at home. I just like to say to you, you should get burned up in a house fire. Hey, this is the not
0: the way that we court. No, our this
1: listeners. is. I'm telling you, if you listen to this podcast, I hate you personally. Hey,
0: hey, you catch more <laughs> Flies with Honey. Okay, so put a little honey in your shit. yeah.
1: I'll catch these flies and then I'll stomp them in my uh anti honey boots. Um, this is
0: behind a paywall, at least. Um,
1: uh, this so make, I'll die before I paywall this.
0: I know, I'm gonna write okay. this in the
1: sky. Uh, you know, we
0: wouldn't want to earn money? <laughs> um, one of the things that stands out to me upon re watching this, um, is Veronica Cartwright who plays. Oh. Nancy, I believe in this, Mm -hmm. and had just a fantastic run of a career. I, she was in, um, she she was in Alien, she was in Witches of Eastwick. Oh God, she was in this, isn't
1: she?
0: Yeah, she's the um, I forgot the name. Yeah, I recognize her. Like,
1: oh God. Yeah, she's the
0: like weepy one in um, and apparently she auditioned for Ripley, but didn't get it, and she didn't like the character she got, but. Hey man, you get to be an alien. And no. then in Witches of Eastwick, she's the fuddy duddy um uh, church lady who they make spew um peach uh, spew um, um cherry pits. Oh. You've seen Witches of Eastwick, right?
1: Yes. Now okay. you're looking at me like you were gonna strike me through the computer screen if I hadn't.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a great and very fun movie.
1: Uh yeah, no, I, I do like it. Um uh, it is funny to just be like, we're just gonna raise the devil's babies uh, at the end of a movie. Uh,
0: yeah, I like a movie with fun rage in it. Fun, feminine rage. And I feel like it has a lot of that.
1: I have a I have a synopsis of the whole movie that I wrote out here. Uh, oh, go. Well, I to go through it properly. I did work.
0: I thought you were gonna do it. I was trying to encourage okay. you to do it. Okay. And that's why yes. I'm like- Okay, no.
1: yes, Okay, so- uh... <laughs> Sheesh. Earth. Raindrops land on leaves. Oh no, it's too much. Roots too much and weird too much. flowers. Children pick them. A woman picks them. <laughs> okay, Priests. can
0: you skip you, forward a couple of sentences?
1: So did you uh, did you recognize the uh, cameo in the first scene with uh, human beings? I it?
0: wondered about it. I was like it's Robert duvall as a priest, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Why? Because he was had just finished he had just wrapped on something that was shooting nearby and he'd worked with Philip Kaufman before and I think they were like Hey, this it'd be funny if we just had to star of the one of the stars of the Godfather. Cause when I saw why him why is he
0: a priest? Why is he a spooky priest? To
1: creep people out. When I saw him, when I saw him in the movie, I was like, I watched this maybe six, seven months ago, if that long. And I was like, I do not remember this character in this movie at all. And then three quarters of the way through, I was like, I don't think this guy's coming back. I think that's just a LARF that they were having by putting an insanely famous guy. Yeah. A silent, just like swinging, like a psycho. Put your kooky
0: cameos at the beginning of movies, people. Don't save them for the end. Don't save them for Robin Hood's wedding.
1: Well, there's another one coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then we see life in San Francisco. Donald Sutherland is a health inspector. He shuts a restaurant down because they have, (laughs) they say the phrase rat turd, like 14 times in a minute at the restaurant. So, um,
0: and and the employees at the restaurant are like, you don't talk about our rat turds and yeah. trash his car. <laughs> like, what employees care that much? I thought, if somebody came in anywhere I worked and was like,
1: hey, there's rat turds here, I'd be like, probably. Because they don't show his window getting smashed, and it's not mentioned. It's not referenced until later. I thought maybe somebody shot out the windshield of because it looks like a bullet hole.
0: Oh, I thought, I thought... It looked like like a brick or something, but they you saw the two I... of the, you saw the employees like exchange a look, and then when he goes outside to get in his car, they're outside looking at him and the car like, nah, "We're bad, we're mad at you."
1: I thought it was like the car got fucked up before shooting started, and they're like, "Let's just insert a line of dialogue so we don't have to like replace the windshield on this car." Well, they did more than that. Um, but uh, so. He works with a woman who is not Karen Allen, but looks so much like Karen Allen, it distracts me through the entire movie.
0: True. Uh, her, name all is, true.
1: her name is Brooke Adams. I'm not alone. I looked into this. Lots of other people agree. I saw someone As someone that, who
0: used to look a lot like Karen Allen. I've heard about it a long time.
1: I am uh and it's such a nice, it's such a pleasant look. Like Karen Allen is one of the like nicest looking people to ever be. Oh, thank on.
0: Thank you. Board. Thank you.
1: I saw someone else say that Margot Kidder also looks like them. Hard disagree. Really?
0: Me. I think so, too. She, I put her in the same camp.
1: I think those two, uh, Karen Allen and uh, Brooke Adams are very, like, nice and, like, look unbelievably pleasant. I think I'm well on the record of saying when I watched Sisters, I was like, oh, it's unfair that Margot Kidder is just portrayed as somebody who had a nervous breakdown when she, like, uh, ma- maintained good politics her whole life, Uh, did a lot of interesting roles and also was unbelievably hot in the 70s. Uh, yeah,
0: I th- oh, so you think she's too good looking to look like them?
1: Yes, I think they are a different mm. type of, but she's like the kind of person- They you are see, more camp
0: like, hot. Yeah, yeah, the
1: kind of person you see and you're like, we'd be best friends. I bet she's best friends with everyone she knows.
0: Yeah, those two are like- um
1: Very warm. Like you know
0: that the person that they love the most in the world is a horse someplace. Yes,
1: Yes. Um, but they let disadvantaged children ride the horse.
0: Yeah, they seem great. It's not a, it's not a slam. It's just Uh, recognizing.
1: um, uh, Oh, so she picks a flower. The flower, uh, there are flowers all over the place. These weird little flowers. Her husband is acting strange, totally emotionless. Sounds uh, like a husband to me. I was going to say, I wrote here, men, am I right, ladies? But <laughs> then the next morning he takes out the trash. So everything is forgiven. Am I do I like right, that the maybe?
0: first half of this movie is a lot of men, am I right, ladies? Uh-huh. And ladies be crazy.
1: Um. Uh, so uh, she is at work. She works with Donald Sutherland. They're kind of talking shit about Jeffrey. They clearly have like a thing to uh, with each other. Like mutual yes, this is people. where I
0: wrote down um, Invasion of the Body Snatches, a horror movie that explores the question, can men and women be friends?
1: <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, something really weird is going on with Jeffrey, her husband, because he gave his Warriors tickets away and he loves the oakland warriors
0: well of course he's a man and it's sports so he has
1: he has a yeah come on he has a meeting that he goes to in a black car that picks him up uh instead of going to the game uh 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 karen allen then has dinner with donald sutherland at his house Mm -hmm. Uh, she's concerned for a while that he's not who he says he is donald sutherland is also interacting with people who and there's also this great thing from almost the beginning there are just in every single scene there are always people in the background standing and watching what is happening like of like as if they themselves like if it were any other movie you'd be like those are the worst extras they possibly could have found like they couldn't have picked worse background actors they're standing there watching the actors but in this movie you're immediately like well that's weird people don't normally just stand next to each other and like stare at somebody or well, but
0: they're doing at the beginning before as i said in the in the restaurant they uh, they're doing it even before they're like body snatchers i feel like oh, it, there is oh, some yeah. commentary on on the uh the group the nature of the different natures of different groups uh
1: i've also written here plants exclamation mark there's a lot of plants in the movie yeah well yeah generally. so i
0: thought this was i thought that was really interesting too since you mentioned plants that these so as you said these, this is where we get pod people. These body snatchers are from these plants. Um, and I was like, is this, was this like, maybe a reaction to it? It feels like it's um, trusting uh, uh trusting science. Like our our hero is a uh, health inspector and he's like wow this kitchen is full of disgusting things you know it needs to be more scientifically clean and then these natural plants are the alien evil interloper um you know in 1978 was right before the 80s was this a time of we need to trust manufactured scientific things more than natural things natural things are where you get poisoned and
1: so I think this is a I think this is more a byproduct of the 70s. A lot of conspiratorial media being made in the 70s, very conspiratorial time. Mm-hmm. Uh post sixties into the 70s. Nixon. Plants. Why plants? Nixon resigned in like 74. I think. well, plants, I think, um, cause I've not seen the the 56 one, but I would imagine they just decided this was like a good vessel. I think that was actually like a 50s science fiction thing. Uh maybe and maybe cause um. I think
0: in the same way that that camping and the wilderness got scary in the 80s and we were like, oh, God, don't go sleep in a tent. That's where you'll really don't don't go sleep in a cabin. That's where they'll they'll really get you. Well, so I think the, there was some of that about
1: the, plants. <laughs> the, the thing from another world was uh, 1951. Oh, but the book was written in 38. But um the 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 thing from another world, it also was a plant monster. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe in the fifties yeah. there was apprehension about that. because that seems when we were really in our shit about just demolishing as much of like nature yeah. and stuff as Making possible. Making
0: plastic, um, being you know, we're real into Tupperware, stuff like that.
1: Cause I, I I think I think this movie more shows its influence from the time in the like paranoia of it all because it is like a lot of the movies from the 70s are these like paranoid, you can't trust anybody and like the government falls so quickly and who right. are your friends and who are your enemies?
0: Well, and especially as opposed to the 50s one, which almost satirizes that fear because it had been coming off of the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the McCarthyism mm-hmm. of that, like the fear of communism had gotten so silly and like dangerously silly to Hollywood, I think at that point, they were like, it's silly to, to be this paranoid, but then, yeah. in this 78 remake, it, it was less silly. It was, um, like a fear of, a, a paranoia and then a paranoia about paranoia. Do you know yes. what I mean?
1: Yes. 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 I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, um have you seen the 56 one?
0: No, but I've read about it.
1: Oh, okay. Have you read? Or have you seen 1998's *The Faculty*?
0: I have not, but I did think that it was very telling that the '98 version was like, "What if we made it sexy teens?"
1: Yeah, it's sexy teens, and the enemy is a union—is our unionized employees. Oh wait,
0: I have seen it. I forgot that that's what that was.
1: Yeah, so I think um I think that movie and *Disturbing Behavior* came out around the same time as each mm-hmm. other, and I I mix. I mix up details from the two of them in my brain sometimes. I think
0: I mix up a lot of uh, horror movies that had like um, white men in short sleeve button downs that sort of blend together for me.
1: Is that what they wore in the, I I know for me, it's the fact that the faculty is the teachers getting uh, pod people Mm -hmm. and in disturbing behavior, they're like kidnapping bad kids and like brainwashing them and make them making them the ideal for this like suburban neighborhood and it features a very funny and not necessarily intentionally so turn uh from katie holmes as like the bad girl mm-hmm. and uh just doesn't not one of her strong suits playing like the bad girl in a high school
0: yeah i mean i think the, the katie holmes was so good in dawson's creek doing what she needed to do but i think then somehow the bar got set a little too high for her um people wanted her to be something that that she she really
1: wasn't yeah the gift she plays against that a little bit. Um, we won't spoil the gift though, but the gift is not bad. Uh, I like Sam Raimi, uh, um, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm here, I'm back, I'm alive. So uh, Nancy Brooke, I really as a joke mixed up the names of uh, Karen Allen, Nancy and Brooke Adams uh, to confuse myself. So she knows something is not right. She is uh, uh, insistent that her husband is not her husband. Uh, as is the old man that works at the uh, dry cleaner, Um, dry cleaner. Yeah.
0: Who's convinced that his wife is not his wife.
1: Yes. Um, And she does not help things by peering at Donald Sutherland from behind some laundry bags in a very sinister way.
0: Yeah. It's like the one thing that that the uh, pod people left out of their, I don't know, growth, training, whatever it was like, play it cool. Yeah. Just play it cool. Just seem a little less interested in all the stuff.
1: Uh, Yeah. so uh, she points out she's seeing people all over the place uh, being strange, acting like they all have secrets with each other. She followed her husband all day, saw him meeting with a cast of characters that is like um, like uh, like a. Uh, it, it reminded me of like the kinds of headshots actors would take, I like the photos you see of actors' headshots in the 80s when they'd be like, you need some character headshots. So it's like them in a, <laughs> a hat chef hat holding a bowl with a whisk. Yeah. And then there's like a garbage man and a construction guy with a heart. Like n- none uh-huh. of people are just like wearing like different class levels of clothing. They're all in the- Yeah, U- it, it, this, job.
0: <laughs> it did sort of portray um, uh, San Francisco as uh, Richard Scarry's busy town. Yes, yes,
1: yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Cat janitors interacting (laughs) with dog taxi drivers. Yeah. Uh,
0: And that lowly worm just in the corner of every shot.
1: Uh, sucking himself off. Uh, What? That's not what he did. So Donald Sutherland, him driving around when you get a look at the windshield, I'm like, they demolished his windshield with that.
0: (laughs) You meant lowly worm in that little, that little apple
1: car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, uh, you shouldn't drive around in your food. Um, It'd be like me driving around in a block of pussy. Oh,
0: okay.
1: uh yeah in a block of pussy. An You're an the one who made a block. An uh, industrial block of pussy. I
0: did find this little stuffed animal one time at IKEA that I took a picture of and posted, and I swear no one has no one saw what I saw. That it was a little round car with like a giraffe sticking out and all of it was stuffed so it was all like with right in the middle a, a giraffe sticking out of it and I was like this is purely a phallus inside of a vagina that's all <laughs> this is like they did th- someone was drawing that and then they- someone came into the room and was like hey Martin do you have that design for the toy and they were like well uh, sure here it is and handed that over and was like I hope nobody notices and it got manufactured and I
1: I uh, I went to go see a uh, a live podcast taping last night, and so I watched Three Men and a Baby to prepare for it. And they should have called that movie Three Pussy Freaks and a Baby because those guys love they
0: couldn't even tell they couldn't uh, um, even tell who they did it with and where and when. Uh,
1: no, so they actually do know. Well, I'm not going to synopsis Three Men and a Baby <laughs> in the middle of um, the movie. Well,
0: they got a, they they got the a great mural. Is-
1: the movie is really about heroin trafficking it's really crazy the yeah in the in movie.
0: the yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, but also uh if we're gonna side note side note steve gutenberg great example why women by why the idea that like uh women's careers dry up when they hit middle age and they disappear uh and hollywood is so terrible to women no it's not just women where what happened to Steve Gutenberg? Where okay. Steve, where where he where he go?
1: So my he, counter he did that, what he
0: was supposed to do, and then that was that for him.
1: My counter to that would be: is that man is a black hole of charisma on camera, at least in that film. He's so insanely in the he, way.
0: Yeah, he was in everything. Him and that uh, Tom God. What is it? Hidley, the guy from um, uh, uh, Amadeus?
1: From and oh, and Parenthood. Guy, I think that guy moved into directing.
0: The theatrically. Yeah. Well, yeah. The women who are supposedly pushed out, move into other stuff. Also, I think that it's, I just think it's a little bit, I, I, I've started to think of it as more of a scare tactic. Yes. Tom Holtz. I I think it's a little bit of a scare tactic. Like, I think there are a lot of women who are like, yeah, I don't feel like doing this hustle anymore. Um, I, and I want to do other stuff. Oh, he, Uh, he
1: became a Broadway guy.
0: Yeah. See, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um,
1: I mean, really the, the main thing you really like, I think he just let himself put on weight. And, uh, so that but, was the end. But of I'm the saying road. that happens yeah. to a lot
0: of people. It's, it's yeah. like Jack Nicholson is the old guy that people were like, doesn't matter. Smash him in the face with the frying pan. He's still a romantic lead. And we think that's like, that's the way it should be. Well, him and Harrison Ford, but Harrison Ford,
1: <laughs> Harrison Ford still <laughs> he, looks
0: he, Yeah. He can still get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, I, I, Think he will be a skeleton, a box full of bones, someplace still able to get it. Um, he'll still be, he'll still be a charming rogue, you know. You shouldn't say that to Harrison Ford, but oh, but uh, yeah, I will. Okay,
1: stop uh, writing your own uh, little self insert fan fiction, uh, live here on the podcast. Um,
0: oh, right, keep that behind the paywall,
1: yeah. Um, uh, but, but, but I think Will Smith could have, would have been like Harrison Ford if he hadn't revealed to America how he's the weirdest guy. Alive.
0: Oh, oh, he, I mean, he revealed some, but now Jada Pinkett, please, please. Like, I think you pocket dialed all of us. Miss Pinkett Smith. Yeah, we you you don't know that we can hear all of this. It's the only explanation.
1: Dude, Please stop telling us. They're so weird. Um, so Jeff Goldblum is here. Uh, I was startled by how much he looks like uh New York comedian David Angelo. Like genuinely startled. Oof. Oof.
0: Uh, no wrong.
1: They look so much alike. I'm
0: having a Margot Kiddo situation here. There's a big difference. See, but people. There's a big difference. I. I but sometimes no it's offense, just that, that, Jeff Goldblum. All offense uh david angelo Um uh, there's a big sometimes difference
1: it's just a few degrees it's a, sometimes it's just a few degrees is all it takes to like rocket somebody into the stratosphere but yes i had um, forgotten
0: that he was in this and i'd forgotten that leonard nimoy really? was in this yeah oh,
1: I, it, was, so it was it was all
0: donald sutherland in my head
1: um uh, so I didn't. I'll talk about this after. Uh. So he's a uh, he's a conspiratorial intellectual poet. I believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So he's, And they all go to.
1: Uh, I
0: believe his character was originally titled was originally named Will Walden, was uh what they were calling.
1: I'm, them. A, I'm neither conspiratorial nor a poet. Okay. I am quite the intellectual,
0: however. Oh boy. So they get
1: a book release at. <laughs> I mean, you're you're, you're considering, uh, you're you're assuming a uh, lot more humor
0: in your uh, uh, poems than maybe other people find.
1: It's at Donald Sutherland's. uh, It's his friend, Leonard Nimoy. It's his book that's coming out. Uh, Jeff Goldblum hates Leonard Nimoy's character. Yeah, it seems Uh, like he has an
0: opening for him on the road, correct?
1: I don't know what like that their, seems I, to be. The relationship. I don't know what their relationship is. is. He
0: gets to do a poetry set before. Yes, Leonard seemed, Nimoy does like a self-help set.
1: Yeah, yeah. His like, he's like a pop, uh, pop psychiatry author. Which, and yeah, honestly, it's like I didn't get to do my poetry. And it's I would like, buy a ticket. you?
0: I I would definitely buy a ticket to that.
1: Well, so this whole time, Donald Sutherland has been insisting to uh, Nancy Allen, "You should go see."
0: Okay. You know, Leonard Nimoy would have been on Rogan, right? This Leonard Nimoy character.
1: Oh yes. He he was like, you you have to talk to my friend. She's like, cause I'm crazy. Cause he's a psychiatrist. He's like, no, cause he's a smart guy. He knows what's going on. They go there. A woman is crying to Leonard Nimoy about essentially the exact same experience that Karen Allen is having that she, her husband isn't her husband. He's not right. Uh, Leonard Nimoy is like, go home, talk to each other. You just need to figure this out. Um, Leonard. Yeah. Everybody
0: feels that way these days because couples are swinging. Like was kind of the,
1: yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, 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 Nancy has the same thing with him after the party. She's like, my husband's not my husband. And he's like, just go home, go home and talk to him and figure out if you want to leave him or not. That's what this actually is. But don't just throw away your,
0: well, Nancy doesn't have the same thing with them. Not there. Um,
1: no, after the party, they're like walking on the street and Nancy is like, my husband is not my husband. And Leonard Nimoy, to make a point, grabs Jeff Goldblum is like, Bel- Belchick, you piece of shit, and like throws him against the wall. And then wait, he's like,
0: Nancy is Veronica Cartwright.
1: Oh, is she? Oh, sorry. Yes. Right. Uh, Karen Allen. Right. Karen Allen is uh going through this. No, Nancy is right. Married to Jeff I- Goldblum.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and and Jeff Goldblum Elizabeth, is still
1: Elizabeth. Elizabeth is uh, Elizabeth is Brooke Adams.
0: Okay. Yes, because uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, is you know still still a good guy. You can tell from him being pro union. I assume.
1: Um, and he uh he, yeah, Leonard Nimoy tells Elizabeth go home, talk to her husband, uh, figure out if this... she's just coming up with excuses to leave her husband uh, instead mm-hmm. of communicating with him. Uh, Jeff Goldblum goes to, they run like a, a mud bath Yeah, model. like a
0: Russian bath kind of place. Yeah, it's a bunch of, this is one of those locations that would have been, I'm shocked wasn't burned into my brain as a kid as like, this is part of the adult world, get ready for it. Yeah, well, how but about we go to see a place- the back
1: of that guy's balls when he gets out of the mud bath?
0: <laughs> I just remember mud. Uh, there are a bunch of old men in bathtubs filled with mud. I, I, I spent too much time in this scene distracted by, is this hot mud or cold mud or room temperature mud? Um, it's gotta
1: be room temp, cold mud would season but how, up, right?
0: How, well, if it's room temp mud, then it has to be being warmed, or right? I guess because it would instantly become cold mud.
1: Yeah, I guess actually you're right. It's actually probably just very wet, wet mud to quote. Uh, so to then it quote, would be just freezing. I think you should leave it's wet, wet mud. <laughs> fill, but fill yeah, my so bath up with wet wet mud.
0: It's men in these tubs and then they can get then they rinse off. I don't even remember there being an indication of like hot tubs someplace else, but there are there does seem to be um like massage tables. Yeah, assume. I think there's but like we a, don't see massages there, happening.
1: I think there's like a steam room too cuz okay. I think that's where Jeff Goldblum goes into. But yeah, he's getting like a rub down, um a, a an actual rub down. Grow up uh listeners at home whom I despise uh and should stop listening to the podcast uh
0: <laughs> especially if you haven't grown up yet this is not for children
1: yeah uh but although I will say the the like the back of that guy's balls you see his ass later there's like um there's like some nudity when a character is revealed uh as having turned um it's the kind of stuff we're watching this I'm like you know this movie could be PG-13 though like according to like the ratings like that's the kind of like matter of fact, straight up nudity where it's like, that'd be less erotic.
0: Well, first, PG 13 didn't exist then. Maybe it would have been, but it's, but it is the scariness. It's, you know, the the terrorizing. I'm
1: saying saying by the rating, like there are a lot of movies that are like PG where it's like, well, like, I mean, three men and a baby. It's like, you can make a a PG movie.
0: That's just somebody being like, you are going to die. And so Uh will your parents.
1: Uh, Definitely.
0: It's not an if it's going to happen. So there's hopefully you'll be alive to see it. Hopefully you'll watch it happen your There's
1: parents dying in uh, front of you a guy sinister bearded man leaves a plant is like here have this plant um uh sinister jeffrey has uh uh left a plant for nancy as a way of apologizing at her apartment uh then we see our first glimpse of one of the plant people uh, which jeff goldblum uh, which Nancy finds on a table thinking it's, she's like-
0: You mean the evolving plant person, the yes. growing, the pod. the, the So they're, it's, cause yeah, these, these are like human bodies that grow out of the plants and they look like full-size adult fetuses covered in some sort of filmy and um, uh, uh, like feathery
1: Like spider, like cobwebs.
0: Stuff, yeah. And during this, and for every shot like this following, I could not stop thinking about these actors having to also play these plant bodies, Mm -hmm. having to also be lying there naked, covered in slime, pretending to just be a body.
1: I do. Based on at the end, I it does seem like that's the form they take, and they can't finish until they like attach themselves to the person they're supposed to take over, and then they like. Well, I think they like suck their aura out Mm -hmm. because. At the end, the one character like crumbles after Mm -hmm. they've been turned, uh, which we'll get to. I don't know why I'm playing so coy about this. We're gonna say in five minutes who it is. Uh, Oh, it's
0: gonna be like half an hour the way you're going.
1: Okay, well, I put a lot of work into this, (laughs) I quit. They find that plant man. Uh, They uh, Donald Sutherland comes to have him come and investigate. Uh, They sort of clue in, they're like, well, this is something that's trying to take Jeff Goldblum's place. He goes to rescue Karen Allen uh who is been drugged and uh and then the plant man awakens in the spa.
0: Can we call her not Karen Allen?
1: Right. Brooke Adams. Um her name is Brooke Adams, uh, or Elizabeth is the character. So Donald Sutherland gets to Elizabeth's home, finds her unconscious, and there's a plant Elizabeth growing in the closet. He kidnaps her for all intents and purposes.
0: For good. You say plant Elizabeth. I can't help but imagine, like, just she. She's one of those plants with the uh, with the sunglasses pin. And when she hears music, she dances. Oh
1: yeah, the sunflowers. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That Uh, would. Somebody's made that remake anyway.
1: My dad rarely drinks more than like one drink. Uh, but one night he got loaded and was just like sitting and like clapping for one of those things and like almost pissing his pants. He was laughing so hard. (laughs) Wow, like, that's cut, a yeah. that's
0: a Billy the Bass reaction. Yeah,
1: that's how he cuts loose. Yeah, he could have been a <laughs> character in The Sopranos season three. Um, so uh, the uh, plant body at the spa has disappeared. We cut back to the spa. That body is gone because uh, Leonard Nimoy comes and they try mm. to shoot him, it's gone. He has a line I like a lot, uh, an interaction between he and Jeff Goldblum, the face at Belichich, you've got some friends who like playing practical jokes And Jeff Goldblum responds with, I don't have any friends, Dr. Kibner.
0: Again, Uh, Will Walden.
1: Yeah. Uh, So Elizabeth, they go back to Elizabeth's apartment now. Her decoy is also gone. They bring the cops. And which like. It's a real
0: Michigan J frog at this point.
1: That's one of those things where it's like, I'm like, you know, that body like, uh, like calling the cops and being like, there's a double body and you get there. And like, of course the body's going to be gone. Like, you know, it's going to be, Hey, we
0: don't know how it was in the seventies. Maybe this was like a frequent thing.
1: Uh,
0: they didn't know about Narcan.
1: They leave the apartment and Jeffrey and the police officer share a knowing look. Mm. They explain it all to Leonard Nimoy. He's skeptical, but in the end, he says he believes Donald Sutherland because they've been friends for so long. And he's like, I'll help you with your plan. I must leave now. But then he gets in a car with Jeffrey and the cop.
0: Oh boy.
1: And he says something That's like It's a bad guy car. He says something like, We have to make it quick. Which to me is if they have a Hand high job. Yes. Yeah. They start sucking and fucking <laughs> and uh they're like uh we gotta nut quick. They roll up that gotta, partition, please. Am I yeah, right? We, we we gotta we gotta bust early because we gotta get this guy. Uh, they, and then they realize it's maybe the flowers because Elizabeth sees Jeff Goldblum smelling, smelling the one flower. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, they, Donald Sutherland is getting the runaround from everyone, insisting things are fine. The radio doesn't work. Then in the back, Donald Sutherland goes to sleep in a lawn chair and we see a plant baby being born from a pod. Uh,
0: uh push right. The beautiful plant doctors.
1: The miracle. And they're of like, life. you can do this, mommy. So he's not. I will say, um, this is an interesting. This movie feels like a middle ground before <laughs> between, I guess, a movie with no goopy special effects and the thing where the thing is like the goopiest movie ever made. And this movie is like medium light goop.
0: Yeah, but this for sure kicked off goopy pods. Goopy pods were like the way to go after this. You got your gremlins, you got eventually, uh, uh, you got Alien, you got- Oh
1: yeah, gremlins, those are wet pods, man. Yeah, yeah. Wet, this wet People
0: pod. were like, oh, that's a that's a creepy thing we haven't done before. Overall. I
1: wish, oh. I wish you could just Google what movie invented goopy pods and uh, get in. I wish Google- Do you know what I've been so fascinated
0: broken. with? What I keep looking up? What the fuck happened with sewers at the end of the seventies? Because there was no bad guy like the sewer. In mm-hmm. the '80s, every spooky thing, every like, it was like like a a fantasy one, Underland down there. Dude, it was where the teenage mutant ninja turtles were. It was where you know Chuds and all that stuff. Um, it, we had uh, we had the Morlocks in X Men. You know the the ugly mutants that Storm went. They and were ruled. so
1: omnipresent. You'd think they had like we had just Beauty and the, the Beast. Sewage.
0: Sewers were, like, I, and I'm like, what the fuck yeah. happened that made people so sewer focused? I'm gonna figure it out because it has to be something. Um
1: I bet it was Chud's. Chud's the the the. I mean, four hundred million dollars at the box office. Chud fever swept America. There, you there, couldn't I, you couldn't go anywhere about... without somebody saying, "Hey, I'm Bud, Bud the but Chud I'm... from Chud. Team. <laughs> Bud the Chud."
0: Yeah, and all those like cool jackets with that in the back. I yeah. Um, Daniel Stern's face no,
1: looking embarrassed. I think on there's something
0: like just cultural that caused it. Like I found that there was some explosion in 81 in a, like a Louisville sewer,
1: but that doesn't seem like enough. Well, anyway. Also people did not start pissing and shitting until the late seventies. So I think yeah, that is a big part yeah, of the reason. That's,
0: and Paris was, had a famous, like very stinky sewer, but that was, uh, that was cause all of uh, the old food. It was just old
1: food. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and dead bodies, I, you know, I bet the sewers that feels entirely like New York's influence. Cause it's even the, like all the like alligators, the supposed, the mm-hmm. alligator supposed to yeah. get flushed on the toilet, but uh, there's
0: something, some kind of something, there's some kind of extra, I'm going to figure it out too. I bet
1: big sewers started donating a lot of money to Hollywood.
0: I'm uh, I'm like, my Google search history has so much sewer history variations in it right now. It's, it's um,
1: it's 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 like how uh, John Stewart just his new show got canceled because he was going to go after Big Sewer and Apple was like we can't we're getting involved with big They're
0: too Sewer. big yeah, yeah yeah um
1: but that's so crazy that they canceled his show because he was going to do an episode about AI and possibly one about China did you see that
0: no I just I I, I didn't look into the why yeah, they, that I just they saw that canceled his
1: they canceled this show because he was going to and Apple wants to get into AI. So they just canceled. They just canceled. Apple wants to get into AI. They're Come they're on. developing AI. Um, they
0: got AI. They've been AI. Haven't you ever texted anybody and you got that uh that uh panda face, you know, where like, you're like a funny this shark? This AI. is just the
1: whole thing. This is like not none of this in this is not AI. These are all algorithms. Anyway, um, uh, There's a
0: very very fine line between it, you know. When if it's one of those algorithms that you set it and forget it and it teaches itself, that's AI.
1: Listen, if if the robot if the robot can't make its own decision about whether or not to suck and fuck me, then it's not true AI. And but I'm I just,
0: saying they already do. They do.
1: I, no, it's not their decision. That's just you could game that. They're not real people. A uh, game that, in the way you know, game. as oh, So stop giving us action.
0: away. Uh, even if we are behind a paywall, call Steven Spielberg. You keep saying, he needs to update AI.
1: This is not a. We're doing all this month is all free, and then we're doing going into the paywall.
0: I don't know what a paywall is. To be okay. fair,
1: okay, it's um uh it's the thing you uh uh whisper secrets into in. Uh, I don't need to. Oh mention. my
0: tree out front, the tree stump. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, um, here is a question that I did have. Uh. That this well
1: I can't promise answers because I'm too philosophical
0: right Will Walden um so this I I feel like this movie is a real like science horror thing obviously <laughs> like the the and uh I think it seems like one of the first if not maybe not the first, definitely a tentpole in the idea of science horror um and I really like it. And it, as I said, imprinted on me as a kid. And it was, and, and I can go for the scariness of it. And I can buy into it in a way that for me, religious horror, specifically Catholic horror, leaves me cold. Mm-hmm. Cannot get yes. into it at all. It just seems silly. It's like, what secret words and upside-down symbols will make the bad demons because go away? Even, like, even, if the science,
1: even if the science is fake, science itself is real.
0: Yes. Whereas if
1: you don't accept the the broad macro, even the, the like even just the simple like broad macro tenets yeah. of Catholicism or even just like like demons, anytime it's like, it's probably a demon. Let's Google dealing with demons. And it's like, there's no, for me, it's like that Catholic shit. If it's straight up Catholicism, fine. They just do Catholic stuff. But anytime it's demons or devils, I'm like, there's no entry point for somebody to be like, well, where do we start with our demonology research? None of that shit exists because it's not real at all.
0: Well, I mean, it does exist, but it's online. Right, it's it, But it's made by you know nutty people um i was gonna ask you what kind of horror lore do you like best because i do think you're almost leaning into a um a fable like um uh uh, horror lore which i think is pretty i just tell you
1: i just wish there was a dang gum horror movie that was about trauma i would do anything (laughs) (laughs) To see one horror movie that was about trauma. I look at all these horror movies.
0: When people, when that Haunting in Hill House came out and people were like, no, 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 you got to watch this. This is a horror movie that's about trauma. I, every time I heard it, I flipped a table over. There were no tables still sitting upright in Los Angeles because I flipped them all. Because that's what they're all about.
1: A a table leg uh, broke through the bottom of my jeans and went straight up my ass. I was
0: like, "Uh, you're just telling on yourself that you've never watched a horror movie or at least not sober because they're all about, they're all about trauma.
1: Also, Hill House is also about ghosts. I really love Hill House, and I love it because it's about ghosts and it's scary, See, and there's I'm some. I'm more sad of a
0: Midnight stuff. Mass person.
1: Also, really great. Um, I, I, See,
0: that I like kind them. of religious, the the religious skepticism. Yes, the, using horror to like pick apart religion. Yeah, give it horror, to me all day.
1: Horror about the horrors of religion <laughs> is great. Horror <laughs> about religion protecting us from something. Uh, no, thank you. Um. I also, the, my other thing too, with, uh, I, we, I probably already said this because we would talk talking about, but, th- but this thing of horror movies about trauma where it's like, at the end, they kill the monster. That's the metaphor for trauma. And then they're okay again. And it's like, that's simply not how it works. That's like, why
0: you're a big Babadook man.
1: Yes, because, you know, you just lock it in the basement and go down and be like, please don't kill me this time.
0: Although we have disagreed about uh, Babadook. I believe for you, it is all grief. And for me, it is all parenthood.
1: Uh Yes. Yeah. We, we were talking about that recently. Yeah. Um, uh, I like, um, the, yeah, it, it's like the genre of, I, I like a, um, you know what, you know what my favorite genre of horror is? What? Horror with very little fucking music stings in it. I what? hate it. I hate it when a horror movie indicates to me via music and sound effects that I am meant to Mm -hmm. be afraid. Not even just like jump scare stuff, but like a part of his jump scare, but sometimes they just like suddenly the like, it doesn't punch in like a jump scare, but suddenly the music is insanely like, oh, it's all sinister (laughs) and this is bad. (laughs) The scariest shit, like I love It Follows. And the the two scenes in It Follows, the one where they go to this, they're like looking up the records of somebody who died at a school and the camera is like on a lazy Susan, just like rotating. So it follows them as they walk into the school. And then you see them in the office and they're getting the records. And as it's panning, it also pans by a window. And there's just way off in the distance. What is very clearly the it follows monster slowly walking towards them. And then it keeps rotating. So everything is out of frame and it's just covering the students. And then it rotates back and they're finishing up with the records and it keeps rotating. And you see the it follows monsters like even closer. It's like that, um, I think they do punch in a little music, but like when the super tall guy ducks in under the doorway uh, towards the end of that movie, it's like, like I don't find it scary to be told I should be scared. I find it much more sinister to just like let it, it's like, like, trust it. If you don't trust your own material to obviously be scary, you have to fucking zoom in and fucking hit it with a fucking sharp musical sting. I'm not afraid of that. I'm just gonna be like, oh fuck.
0: I have never, I've never had that issue with horror movies, but I have that issue big time with like sad movies or like emotionally important movies. I I, one of one of the ones I found most that for me it was it was Amistad. I found the score for Amistad offensive. Mm -hmm. That they were like, you know, telling these horrifying stories of these uh, uh, Africans you know, kidnapped and brought over on this ship and dying and terrible. And they had to put in music that was like, this is sad. It is bad. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I know. Do you, do you think people are that out of touch that they're like, "Hmm, how do I feel about this story? Uh, This completely nightmarish tale I've just heard.
1: That indicating shit. It's the same. I mean, it's, it's the same with acting too. Like indicating as an actor, it's just like, stop it. Like, just, just trust us. There's actually, I, there's an episode of Red Letter Media. I can't remember the movie, but where the guy
0: is that one the one the with Jada Pinkett Smith talking to her family.
1: Uh, of Red Letter Media, <laughs> I think you're thinking of her her show. Red Letter Media is like man. Oh, right. I'm thinking of Red Table movies. Talks.
0: Yes, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're quite different from what they one should
0: another. do. Crossover though.
1: Um. Well, I do think that would be the first person of color they ever had on Red Letter Media. Oh boy. But they taught the one guy. There's an episode they're talking about a horror movie, and he does his impression of like if the movie were an A24 movie and the like, uh, uh, like the like way all their trailers, it's like someone whispering something, and then it's like, like a lot of like violin Mm -hmm. strings really quickly. And it is, he was doing it. I was like, God, it's true. It's like why I'm often apprehensive about their movies because I'm like, I just feel like this is going to have like a prestige sheen over the same fucking oh, indicating shit. I
0: have I have a a I'm skeptical about it because I think it's a total bait and switch. I feel like A24 um trailers are like it's so scary. They're going to kill people. Who dies first? And then you see the movie and it's like our baby died last year. Does anyone want Dessert now at this dinner party, and I'm like, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. This yeah. is just a terrifically sad and awkward middle class dinner party. What?
1: Yeah, it's um uh oh god, was it the guy who did? Uh, I mean, I don't think Krisha is technically a horror movie. Um, but uh, uh yeah, it's too. Look, we don't need to get into a twenty four. Anyway, my my preferred genre is just just don't. Just like ground it and don't, don't hit me over the head with it. Like, just let me assume be- Assume I'm
0: please. smart. Assume I'm a smart person. And then it's, tell me a story about the Boogeyman.
1: See, to me, it's less assume I'm smart and more trust your own material. Like trust that this is scary. If you don't trust that this is scary and you're trying every single trick in the book, I'll sense that and be like, mm, this stinks. Like I watched Boogeyman. Or
0: if you don't, bad. if you don't trust it, don't. D- don't put all that work on the on the music yes because it's it's just too emotionally manipulative if you don't trust it you go to the movie theaters you sit behind people and you shake their shoulders when you want them to be scared and that's part of your job as a filmmaker
1: um so uh, uh anyway back to the movie did you say your preferred genre for this stuff
0: um i i, I do think it's science horror um. Mm, okay. it, so it right, is stuff right. like like this, and I would say the thing.
1: Also, I mean, is, does Alien count as well? Is that for you?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's once they're doing blood tests and stuff to figure it out, you know. But my thing with it Alien starts is, getting sciency.
1: It, it's uh yeah. The, the thing I agree, Alien to me is like barely science fiction. It's a, a to me Alien, and I love Alien, but to me Alien is a horror movie that you've set in space. Yeah, like the same way when people are like, "Oh, Star Wars, science fiction." It's like Star Wars is not science fiction. Star Wars is fantasy. That's fantasy. It's like it's magic. So what is powers. science fiction? Science fiction. I want some sort of ideas uh, uh, about well, the future or the past. Feels or feels like
0: speculative fiction to me.
1: But that to me is real. Even like um, like, like you know, even like Heinlein counts because it's like, well, it's still science fiction because it's a guy opining about his dream vision of a fascist future. Like, um, whereas Star Wars to me is lit it is, it's just, Star Wars is just fantasy and that's fine. Like Star Wars is great. But if you watch what people would think of as a, like, S- Star Trek and Star Wars have so little in common, whereas Star Wars and like whatever fantasy movie you want to pick are so much more similar to each other
0: i will say what also does it for me is um like uh the, the, it's not trauma but horror about i like um, science
1: fiction about trauma
0: <laughs> well horror about like um you know i like b- body horror and i yes. feel like so much of that is about um uh your about shame and your own shame being um and- being made physical um, either to your one partner with the fly or to like everybody um like I don't know, society <laughs> that's just very
1: silly. Um, but we famously live in one though.
0: but yeah, so so things so I, I think the best stuff is stuff that preys upon things that are, are are fears that are naturally within us um and not, yeah just Catholicism doesn't doesn't do it for me. So science um your own personal fear and shame and i do like a fable i do like a like a a a fable kind of horror where it's like when you get into cryptids and stuff the things that i walk into the theater going like there's a reason a lot of people have believed this just Just coincidentally there's got to be
1: some reason and they're gonna play with that a fucking gross nasty monster is i
0: love a gross nasty monster give me a gross nasty monster
1: there's another movie. It's also about trauma, but uh it also has uh Loki Loki's bastard son is like the monster in it, and it's this fucked up like
0: These gigantic antlers?
1: uh oh, god I think it's called The Ritual. Um it's got Patty Considine in it. Yeah, the ritual, and it is like but these guys overcoming trauma and their grief. But the flip side is like, but that fucking monster at the end fucking rocks hard. And there's some, like, <laughs> it's okay if it's about trauma. Yeah, that's the can... post
0: title credits sequence I wanna see is that show me your monster shredding on a guitar. Yeah. Show me how fucking much he can rock. And if then it, I'll tell you if he's a good it, monster. It's
1: okay for it to be about trauma if it also whips ass. Like, then, yeah. be like, eh, who cares what it's about? Yeah. Can
0: this trauma drum upside down in a cage with only one arm? I'm it's a good trauma
1: I believe you're mixing your uh, hard rock drummers
0: no awesome. I'm I'm completing the the prophecy
1: oh I see okay yeah <laughs> their child um uh um uh, uh yeah that look trauma in a horror movie is fine if it's about a specific kind of I think that's also why the Babadook Duke is good because it's about specifically the trauma of like grief and having to like continue to live your life where so the trauma movies, of being like, a
0: parent and having yeah. to prioritize this child that may not even be a person you like, but you are a parent.
1: And and like where so like, you know, the Halloween movies where it's like, well, it's about trauma. It's like, what do you mean? What like the trauma of this like it 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 those movies really the new ones really are are not about trauma. It's just like these people are just like fucked up. They're just like yeah. fucking fucked up dumb people. Um all right, okay, so everyone. They're realizing everyone is turned. Yeah. Uh, They're realizing
0: uh, they can blend in with them though. Yes.
1: Donald Sutherland kills the plant baby with an ax. It's pretty gross. Um,
0: yeah. Does the thing that we all say we would do if we had a time machine. Kills Hitler? No, the plant baby. Wait, what do what, what, you think you should kill Hitler if you had a time machine?
1: Uh... Yeah, but I think, um, you
0: know what, that doesn't make was more like, sense. I think you should go back that to that.
1: Right I think you should go right back to before Hitler shot himself in his bunker and shoot him first. Uh,
0: <laughs> my, my stand up joke about it is you don't like nobody would like it if they if you went back and killed baby Hitler, people would be like, that dude just killed a baby. That would be terrible. What you need to do is go back even further, seduce Hitler's mom, give her the <laughs> summer of her life, turn her inside out, make her feel love like she's never felt it before, then leave her. She's ruined. She can never be with anybody. Well, you. You oh, do no is, Hitler.
1: do What you do is you go back, you kill Hitler as a baby, but then you go back to the present, go back again and kill yourself right after you've killed Hitler as a baby. And you go, yeah, he did. But look, I killed him first. And look how this makes none of us feel any better. And we need to recognize that this kind of violence won't solve any of our problems. And wow. the real solution is to go back. And demand that they renegotiate the accords that were negotiated after World War One, and then they kill you with a pitchfork. And everything like, still happens. This dude's
0: condescending, pitchfork. and he does yes. murders.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what are these baggy jeans he has on? <laughs> uh,
0: oh yeah, uh, you should have gone back from like four years ago. So Jeff Go back Goldblum, when we were wearing tighties.
1: Jeff Goldblum does a thing. Oh, they uh, they still don't know Nimoy has gone bad. Um, but Jeff come Goldblum. Come on, he's
0: they, Nimoy.
1: They're being chased. They're being chased by the pod people who are now fully making the like squealing pig noises. That's what those noises are.
0: Yes. Do. That's the horrible part.
1: Um, And Jeff Goldblum does. So I wrote down Jeff Goldblum pulls a Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park and tries to distract the monsters. But he does the thing where he's like, hey, everybody, come chase me. You want to chase me? And I was like, if I was chasing a group of people and one of them split off and was like, Hey everyone, I'm over here, I'd be like, I am not chasing that person. Not in a million. Yeah, years.
0: but once they're doing the the squealy pig thing, we're meant to think, okay, they're they're not they're not you know, playing cards with a full deck up there.
1: Really you, know, you think Because I never get I got I never thought that they were ever anything but like fully the like come with us, David, or whatever the fuck. Like,
0: Yeah, but I do think that that's part of what that squealy pig thing is supposed to be serving. It's like, look, these are feral. Suddenly. Oh, they're like, they're, it. Okay. Yeah, well, or I mean, I don't think it's even that thought out as like they were smart now they're not. But I think I, I think mean, in what, that moment, we're looking I, at them, we're like, oh, these are animals. That's what I, I would do with an animal.
1: Yeah, that's I what could, I mean. They like descend into like a more like primal, like alien yeah. nature.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of this is obviously about like the fear of groups and groupthink, and perhaps it's well we have enough of them now so people get stupider when there's when they're a group
1: yeah um uh uh his uh nancy also she runs after him she follows Mm -hmm. after him uh and then great at
0: being hysterical and still keeping going that uh, this is this woman's sweet spot
1: daniel uh, or donald sutherland and elizabeth i love their they go to the seediest part of san francisco which is exactly this like the docks Nothing seemed any different in fucking pervert Avenue in the mm-hmm. mission. Like still guys, oh, like, hey, okay. come in here, uh, come watch a broad get fucked. Uh, 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 fellas and ladies, uh, you'll love it in here. And I do think that's clever that they're like, well, surely the aliens have not gotten to this part because this part is still disgusting.
0: Well, the aliens are going to try to take over and have power. And so they're going to the part of the city where it's not yeah. like city hall. It's not and the people can... who are
1: in power. And they... I think they've also at this point been given the impression that the aliens kind of like smooth everything out. Yeah, like,
0: things are so much better like this.
1: Yeah. Um it's so the,
0: exactly the same. You just so the, don't have worries.
1: The cab driver that picks them up is Don Siegel, who was the is a a very notable producer and director and he directed the original movie, uh the How 1950s.
0: Fun.
1: And I was reading that uh, uh, there, Brooke Adams and Donald Sutherland's f- fear was genuine because Don Siegel was going blind and couldn't really see while he was driving the cab. <laughs> uh, so they were in real legitimate terror in the back seat. I do think it's, I am at this point, I guess at this point, I'm thinking like myself, where I'm like, this is the point where I give up. Once I'm being chased by whore. Yeah, horror- she's not into you. Like she would have told you by now, right? Um, well, no, she's into me, dude. No, no. <laughs> just wait. uh, but they're once you're being chased by hordes of people just openly through the city, I guess in my mind, this is the point where I'm like, we lost. They've already yeah. gotten everybody a- and like, you know, they're trying to take a cab to the airport and it's just like, to go wait. like I'm yeah. I'm already hopeless for them where I'm like, where are you going? I
0: feel like this too. like even a bit, like army movies definitely are armies when it's um. You know, orcs and we're hobbits. I'm like, you're going to die. Just die. You should just sit down and die. Dig a hole. Sit down. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would not. And- I, w- I would simply turn around and be like, I'm going to see how far I can get on foot away from this and maybe Dude. I'll be okay in a tree. I, yeah, I it, can't.
1: It's like the second Sauron shows up and starts swinging his mace around and guys are just flying everywhere. I'm watching that and I'm going, I could live in a volcano. I think yeah. I could live in the volcano. Yeah.
0: Like, I, I like, don't have the thing in me that's like, you can fight your way through this, except unless we're talking about a late night show where I have to teach Ashton Kutcher to rap because it does in hindsight feel similar. But, and I, and my instinct was you can get through this and you can cry when you get home.
1: Yeah, those shows where you're like, you're like, I know I am about to bomb. Or the one time I got to headline, I got to headline the punchline, which is like a comedy club people really like in San Francisco. And I was just like closing out, doing 30 minutes to close out at the end. I was going to record it. Submitted to Comedy Central to try to get a half hour. They were like, we're really looking forward to seeing your tape. I found out that the uh, club managers were at the back and they're like this guy, Will Weldon, we've heard a lot of great things about him. I ate the most insane bucket of shit for 30 straight minutes and 10 minutes in being like, there is literally nothing I can do about this. And I just have to be a professional just stand up here and talk for 20 more minutes. Um, (sighs) Afterwards, a woman told me I ruined her mother's birthday.
0: Wow. Yes. The worst one for me was when I was doing that um that corporate gig that you helped me write jokes for oh, yes. for Colgate where I had made friends the night before with this whole table full of uh, women from Atlanta who were like, oh the guy last year was pretty funny he made a lot of dumb jokes whatever girl you're cool we're gonna we're on your side, um uh cool black ladies in a in a corporate retreat in Miami and then after I went up the next morning they were like oof oof girl it's okay I mean. That was rough, and I was like, "Do not feel sorry for." I like if they had thrown something at me, I would have respected yeah. myself more. <laughs> with them being like, "Wow, I guess you tried the best you could, but you're just not a funny person." I was like, "Oh no!"
1: Yeah, so brutal. Um, yeah, I remember Dave and I leaving your place, being like, "I bet she's got a lot." Of- I think I think we all came up with a lot of good stuff. I think this is going to be a good weekend for. Because I was like, "Well, at least she can just." you know, push comes to shove, she can just like improvise raps all weekend if she has to. And you're you're telling me you were like, they liked everything once, but once I tried to do it again, they were like, no.
0: Yeah, it was 8 a.m. and I'm walking into a full ballroom full of people sitting at huge tables like 12 person tables where they're sitting with their bosses. I find out 60 people have just gotten fired the week before. So uh, everybody's feeling great and feeling real comfy sitting next to their bosses, ready to laugh. And uh, I start doing my material. They hate it, they hate it, they hate it. I freestyle rap for them. It's a moment of joy. I try to do it again. They're like, boo, we already know you can do this. I bag on the Toms of Maine people some, and they're like, yeah, fuck those guys. So I'm like, that's it. This whole weekend is getting... I'm sorry, Toms of Maine guys, but you're you're getting it all weekend. <laughs> um, And, oh, also, before I f- started that first set, I found out that someone had died in one of the pools that morning. They had had to pull a body out. Not from this group, but still, it was a pool right outside the window of where I was performing. Um, Being a comedian is a nightmare um thank you for signing up for this patreon. it's helping us
1: um again, I do not this I, anyway mm-hmm. uh this is the the first month is free like a drug dealer um uh uh okay so pervert shit is still running the city. I love that detail um mm-hmm. so there's a character earlier, his name Henry who's like playing the ban- banjo on a park and he's a dog. It's kind of implied like the guy probably- Yeah, sp-
0: he's best friends with the dog. Yeah. But then we see the bo- the pods.
1: Yeah, so they find Henry and his dog and they're uh, passed out next to one of the pods. Uh, Donald Sutherland just stomps on it, which is like-
0: That's not how it works.
1: Um. Yeah, and then uh, uh, they go to the lab to do experiments. They kiss, uh, this which is Donald I Sutherland Which I wrote down as
0: weirdest first kiss. Weirdest place to first kiss ever.
1: For me, it's in that situation. It's like, we're not first kissing. We're like having like the most fucked up sex ever. The most like, we're either not doing anything or we're going all the way in which like, if there were spectators, they'd be like, oh God. Yes,
0: exactly. If somebody, if I was her in that situation and he kissed me, I would push his face away and be like, what are you, what? What are Uh you doing? What are you doing? You're more, uh, and then I would, yeah, do something filthy.
1: Yeah. um, uh, Yeah. Uh, and then they are, they look out the window, they see the pod people are now, they're literally, there's like over PA systems. It's like, anyone who lives in Marin County, please proceed to line B. Anyone from Oregon, please proceed to line A. Because they're like plotting. Right. This, is, this is the thing, because originally when you're just seeing the aliens come down in the rain at the start... When I first saw it, I was like, Well, is this happening all over the world? But I think this is a good and not and more subtle, instead of just having somebody say this, is like a good way to indicate that, like, well, this is ground zero for this infection, or at least yes. one of the ground zeros. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to spread. To yeah. Um, they do speed so they can stay awake, which, yeah, so I, 1970s. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I, I was like, Wait, so this is uh pro. Pro speed, um, anti uh, organic vegetables. <laughs> but it is like
1: it is like people took fucking speed in the seventies. Like it's crazy <laughs> how much speed people took back then. Um, uh, there Where t- did they t- find the time? Uh, <laughs> it was because of the speed. Okay, uh, so the the pod people find them. Jeff Goldblum is now one of them. Uh, they sedate. They try to sedate Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams, but Donald Sutherland. Uh, Wait, have they already
0: have they already been at the at the docks at this point?
1: No, okay. they have not been to the docks yet. Um, uh, they escape. They throw Leonard Nimoy in the freezer along with Jeff Goldblum's body. Leonard Nimoy looking genuinely upset, like not like angry when he looks at like the through the like porthole of the freezer. No. He doesn't look like angry. He looks like he's about to cry, and he's making like the pig squealing noises. Uh, uh, and then he's like, "Live long and prosper." Yeah, you know, uh, I do this for the many. Uh, And uh, he is quite good in it. It is like, <laughs> it. it's, it's sad. It's very, that he, you thought you knew me. You don't know me. Well, but it's also like, it feel, it is a thing. It's like, not until like, what? Like Alec Baldwin on 30 Rock, did it become a thing where it's like TV people can end up in movies and movie people can do TV sometimes. Because like, it is it just feels like you got type like if you were on a successful television show, odds are good you would never be on anything else again. They'd be like, "Okay, everybody knows him as this and we'll never cast him anything again."
0: Well, I know I mean I think there's always been exceptions, but it, yes. there was definitely a lot less prestige um in uh, uh TV.
1: Cuz like Leonard Nimoy is the kind of guy uh, You watch it and you're like, there's, it's insane that they did not then just have this guy become like a a character actor in like tons of stuff. Well,
0: he was just one character.
1: Yes. But still, it's like in this, it's like, yeah, he still looks and sounds like Spock, but like watching him in this, I'm not the whole time just like, come on, this is Spock. I'm like, ooh, what a sinister psychiatrist. Hey weird gloves i One agree really He he's ones.
0: great in it but you never know they might have been like please you're so good in this do more and he might have been like you know what i want to do my cool photography of uh big booty girls and that's yes i believe he did um uh, but, but like very, him. I think people, so would, good. I think it's like really like respectful. Like this is like body positive kind of stuff. I should look things up before I talk about them on,
1: but like the worst thing you've done by saying that is disappoint people when it's not true. <laughs> Cause nobody's going to be like, Oh, terrible. Everybody's going to be like, damn, this guy's cooler than I thought. I mean,
0: what it was, my main point is like, he was making plenty of, star trek money i don't understand why more people who aren't making who are making that kind of money aren't like oh no all the rest of my time as long as this ship is sailing i'm doing other stuff i'm yeah. i'm raising goats and maybe the reason why would i stuff my schedule full of this shit
1: yeah maybe he just wanted to stay away from television entirely uh because he like his sort of animosity towards being typecast is that for as long as uh he was he's also great yeah, on- he
0: just wanted to uh to narrate a lot of um Films for uh planetariums.
1: A great uh some great uh TV sci-fi fringe. Hmm. Um uh they I like the
0: English version, bangs, whoa, bam, doink, doink, doink. Uh
1: that uh I prefer the American version of the British show Minge, which is just called Pussy. <laughs> I don't know, because Minge in French rhyme. Okay, uh, so so they, they
0: see the dog. Yes,
1: they uh they find Nancy again. And their plan is a classic, well, we'll just walk around as if we're pod people. Mm-hmm. And then it works for like 15 minutes. It, it's so cold when Nancy just slips away from them after they get found out. But she's, um,
0: she's trying to survive.
1: Yeah. She's, um,
0: and she's she, got the right level of alarm in this movie.
1: And uh, um, it just almost seems out of character because it's so cold and calculated on her part. And otherwise she has been like, you know, verging on almost hysteria.
0: But she also has not been. But that was correct when when that was correct.
1: Yeah. You know. Um, it, yeah. That. And they first get spotted by the dog with the banjo guy's face on it, which I'm, which I take to mean because they stomped one of the pods. The other pod then um. took both of them, and it created the because you don't see any other misprints. This okay. is the only kind of like misprint we see. So yeah, I think right that must they, be it because he only killed one pod, which is, and I I actually wrote this down. It's like the thing because the thing is from the eighties and is so like polar hunks. What's so post like Tom Savini and um fuck uh, Rick Baker and all of these like it's not as crazy to me the effects in the thing. They're incredible. I love them, but like I think they're so great, but because we're post that special effects genre era. I'm not. Sh- I'm not shocked by the idea of like how could they possibly do this? Because at that point there are these like grand, I must say, grand wizards. Uh, there are these like grand. I mean, techn- there
0: are at that point, but they were at the earlier point also.
1: There are these like like incredible technicians who are just like masters of this field. Whereas in 1978, I was like some of the like some of these effects are fucking crazy to me. And like, who was doing them?
0: Well, see, this was also, I, I feel like this is still that era of, um, you know, Jaws where they were taking into account, not just the effect, but how, when, and for how long they show it to how you. How to
1: shoot it, yeah.
0: Like you go back and you watch Terminator 2, you're, or Terminator, Terminate, it's embarrassing. It's You're like, this is a, I'm watching like Play-Doh get shot or whatever. Um but it's because there there's some hubris with the effects at that point where they're like, hold on it. Let them see it. Let them see the, the fake head that we built.
1: Yeah. Terminator two, that the way they talked about that CGI and like, I get it. It had never been done before, but you watch it now and you're like, I mean, this looks really silly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and one when, when they have like the, the fake Sculpey head, um, but here in this, they're, you know, it's they're not trying to impress us with the special effect. They're trying to use the special effect to tell the story.
1: Yes, uh, yes, and the, yeah, the thing like the thing coming out of the pod. I mean, it's the same way. It's how people talk about the reason the CGI in um uh the CG still looks good in Jurassic Park, like it doesn't break your yeah, because it's because most of it takes because place it's so, at night. Yeah, it's so low texture, but like, and they combine it, it with it's practical so low effects. Oh so well. Yeah. Yeah. The only one the um the brontosauruses look at the st- at close to the start. You're like, okay, I can see yeah. the low text, but even then I'm telling you, spend... full
0: light. Look, I think but that they was spend the so much to... time on
1: it too, that they make it yeah. If you make it look as good as possible, you can still forgive it, even if in, the shot is in broad daylight, because like mm. the work is still visible.
0: I think a and lot of it is the lighting.
1: Too, a little I bit. think
0: I think so much of it is the lighting and that, that it wasn't taken into account. I I think the lighting, real, real zigzag here, which we don't have time for, but um, uh, that was the key to the X-Files. The reason the X-Files worked and was as good as it was, was, because everything was lit so moody and spooky, and you wasn't just like fluorescent lights on whatever, the Jersey Devil or whoever they were chasing that week. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Um. Yeah. And this movie, the last, what, 45 minutes all takes place at night too? Mm-hmm um but uh i cannot find who did the effects for this movie and um so there uh she sprains her ankle they're running around again oh they get busted. right they get busted by uh hank the dog hank the dog the Man- surprises
0: her, so she screams, and yes. they're all like, uh oh. The we old don't woman scream like also that. screams. Scream and Donald
1: Sutherland just fucking cranks her in the face. Uh mm-hmm. I laugh every time. So they find the spot where the aliens are growing all their pods. They tell each other they love each other. They hear bagpipes, which let them know a ship has come in, which I don't know. That was a foghorn. No, they hear bagpipes. Oh. Um, and uh but she finally can't stay awake and falls asleep. He goes to investigate this ship or he comes back. He finds she's fallen asleep. She gets potified, which is the moment where he's like holding her body.
0: Yeah, he Well, he tells primed. her he loves her.
1: Yes. And she crumbles in his arms and then he turns around in the pod version of her standing there, which is, where I figured it's not just that they create a clone body of you. It's that they create the clone body and then they finish it by like draining your essence out of you.
0: Yeah. It's the hardware and the software.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Cause they talk about Leonard Nimoy says he's like, he's like, it absorbs all of your memories, your feelings. It's all inside. It's just better.
0: Yeah. So new, So new Elizabeth is there, and instantly does not read the room. Doesn't give him a second. Is just like I told you, it was better. It's really great. Like
1: he's like, I have such sights to show you. And he
0: wait when they get excited about the ship, though. I was like,
1: do they think
0: they're gonna like take the ship and go? So like like we can just we'll drive. That's that. you know, steamship that or that yeah. that ocean liner.
1: Yeah. Out I mean, here. He is though discouraged once he sees the ship is just getting pods loaded onto it. He's like, oh yeah. no. But it's like, what did you think the ship was for? Yeah,
0: that's the whole point of the city at this point. Come on.
1: Um, and then he goes back, he's so devastated, he runs off, he burns down the pod facility. And then he and he hides after, and you hear the alien the pod people going like we'll catch him eventually. Uh, to the next, I think it's the next morning. Um, He's walking around, like observing the city, the pods are still being loaded. Like, it's so fascinating, because you'd think I was had the ending described to me before I saw the city uh, by mm-hmm. uh, my ex. And the way she described it, I figured he'd be walking around like I did it, I saved the city. But mm-hmm. like, it's all still happening. The pods are being loaded. It's you hear a child literally say, why are you having us take our nap time now instead of normal? Like, they're still getting everybody clearly. And he's just like walking around. Yeah. Um, when I
0: saw it as a kid, there was like momentum somewhere that I didn't see in yes. this watch that was like, OK, I still have I st- we still have our guy. Our guy is OK. And there's still hope for him to save the day.
1: Yeah. But um, this time
0: yeah. watching it, I was like, yeah, they're all toasted.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, we get one of the most famous endings of all time where Nancy is like, Matthew, Matthew. Uh, oh, I, when I lost you last night and then he points and starts pig squealing and she's like, no, no. She yeah. does the fucking burster, screaming, yeah. which is so
0: fascinating. He points and is like, starts like Google algorithming and she's like, no, the tech bros. That's what this he, is secretly about. The pod people are tech bros. That's what happened to
1: San Francisco. This, this, this ending, it's the same with Carrie. I do think, I said all that stuff about like music stings and stuff that now I have to walk back a little bit for this. I do think the ending is great, but I do think we are better at these kinds of endings now of just, I think we're tighter.
0: Well, there's scares and there's drama. And I think music here is about drama, not about, it's not a jump scare. It's not a telling you that something bad happened. Um,
1: It's doing such a bad job of staying close to Uh, my phone I'm sorry Aristotle it's it's more that like in Carrie when the hand comes and grab comes up and grabs her the hand comes up slowly and like the pull in on him screaming and her screaming no it's it is (laughs) I think it's that thing of I understand how that ending is scary but that ending would not have like scared me in the moment like I wouldn't have like jumped startled at that because I think it all comes together at a slow enough pace that I would realize what was happening as it happened. And kind of the same thing with Carrie, whereas now it just like those kinds of endings just like smash into you. But the flip side is maybe, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing maybe that kind of terror doesn't stick with you the same way because you just get the uh instant gratification of the like, ah, of being like startled by the like fucking Smash Zoom and the fucking music immediately jumps. Yeah, in this is more like right.
0: a, a like a, a a dread for you to leave the theater with. Like, yeah. uh there's no stopping it. Yeah. Um, I overall, um, I was surprised in watching this that it did not seem very Nazi related. I would have thought this has got to be about Nazis. I think if it was remade now, it would for sure be about. Yeah, oh, you, so, white nationalists, as we uh, I was, call them these days.
1: I was gonna ask you. Um, I was gonna ask you. My cat is trying to open the door. Uh, he gets up on the. He gets it doesn't up, have the right key. He, he puts his paw on the doorknob and starts waggling mm-hmm. it. Um, I was this gonna is ask. The cat you, that's horny for you? Uh, yes, yeah, that acts like yeah, acts like my boyfriend. Uh, mm-hmm. so.
0: He's like, let me get that ass. <laughs> Open this door and give me that ass.
1: Uh, and he, uh, yeah, his like tender, tender biting of my chin when he like crawls <laughs> up onto my chest—it's unsettling. It's obscene. <laughs> um, it. Uh, I was gonna ask, and I guess because you had kind of you came at it more from the nature, like nature is is unnatural or bad kind of perspective. But I was gonna say, like, so this is this kind of paranoid conspiracy movie was such a thing in the seventies. I was going to ask if you think if this moment in time we're currently living in is actually the most suited to yes another version of this film.
0: I mean, I think it's the most suited in my lifetime. Yes. I don't, I, I don't know about like because I it did make me think a lot about. Are you familiar with *Rhinoceros* by Ionesco? No. Uh, speaking of being relatable. Um, so that was a play that he wrote in 1959 or came out in 1959 and they made a movie in 1974 with Zero Mostel and, um, oh, you know, uh, who would they put in a movie with Zero Mostel, uh, Gene Wilder. Wilder. Um, and it was, it's this absurdist play about, um, people are turning into rhinoceros Uh and, um, and the gene wilder character ends up being like the guy who's like hey everybody's turning into rhinoceros and people are like i don't know what you're talking about you're being really weird um and then uh and and yeah he's like there's a real problem we need to address this and no one else believes him and the town like at first the first time they see a rhinoceros everybody is like whoa there's a rhinoceros running down the street um but then it gets normalized and to the point where people are like it's not even happening we don't know what you're talking about and that fully is about Nazis um, mm-hmm. and about uh, uh, the, the you know, spread of anti-Semitism and Nazism in Europe. Um, and so, and this, I feel like there were a lot of parallels, but it wasn't quite the same type of paranoia. It was like, I guess because there's like a little group of them, maybe that made a big difference. That it wasn't just one person being like, "No one will believe me." Yeah, I almost um, think that like
1: conformity, yeah, is like a bigger boogeyman at this point in time than like.
0: And the you know. he, well, also, I think that the the dangerousness of groups. You know, that you, the, yeah, the thing. thing that, yeah, we, yeah that we that all that think way. like you, you, you can talk to one person and you can have a sensible conversation and, and a, uh, an empathetic conversation with them. And that same person and you can become part of a group and that stuff erodes and disappears to where people become much more dangerous to each other as, as they're subsumed into these groups. And right now, I think what's at a huge high besides just the, that people are joining teams, um, is that tolerance has become very out of fashion. Um, so there, the, the, those teams have hit even more extremes where if someone is like, um, you know, I like, if somebody, if some redneck had been like, oh, I don't, I don't hate Bud Light, (laughs) the response would have been like, oh, well then you want our kids to be trans. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of, if you're not 100% on this team, you're 100% on that team. And so I think the groups are even scarier now. So yes, I think a remake now would be even more relevant. Is that what we're asking and talking about?
1: Yeah. I'm going to watch the 56 one to see how it compares because you're right that was also a very conspiratorial time but like in a different way where everybody was like can you fucking believe this yeah
0: from what i've read it it's like the conspiracy like it had become so exhausted it's uh, the the they were sort of like this is what you look like when you talk like this Mm. this is what you 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 may as well be suggesting instead of like writing down our names of who's a who's a big bad communist so they shouldn't be making a a pirate movie you're you, you may as well be suggesting that there's pods of people who have taken over everything? That's All what right. I've read, but you're right, I didn't see it either.
1: So, um, uh, you know, I uh, I really uh, how many spoons do you give it? I re- <laughs> um I really uh, I really did enjoy audition a lot. Uh, I liked it a lot more. I appreciated it a lot more as a movie watching it mm-hmm. last time. But this is like definitely the best movie we've watched so yeah. far. Well, uh,
0: I mean, I do love Elvira. Um, But this was great. This was one that I used to love going to the movie theater. Like I would go all the time. I would go by myself. My favorite thing was to go by myself first show of the day um, and see an early weekday matinee. It feels like a luxury to me to have like a whole big movie theater and some hot popcorn um that's how and, we're gonna
1: try to go see killers of the flower moon so we're not such a rammed movie theater
0: yeah i i i suggest it to everybody except anybody who lives near me and might go see a movie in a theater where i want to because i want it to be empty huh. um but i haven't been doing it as much you know pandemic having a dog um the cool movie theater near me closed down this was one of the first ones that i was like man i would love to be watching this in a movie theater this 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 is a movie theater movie um, because yeah, it feels like it has the amount of effort put into it. That is, you know, it's like the difference between when people talk about albums used to be albums, you know, like sure. you'd think of the whole thing as one. And they, they'd put that kind of effort into it. Not just a bunch of songs. Like this feels like a movie. <laughs> That's my takeaway.
1: Yeah. I give it uh one star out of ten. Um so uh Wow uh, worst movie I've ever seen. Wow.
0: Um, <laughs> Wait,
1: how many movies have you seen? Uh I only watched half of this one. So one half. Okay. All right. Now uh, makes sense. So um uh I'm looking at the when we're finally gonna release these. There's not you there may be no time after this, I'm realizing to to recommend uh, what movie we watch last, but I am, I'm gonna, when we're recording this, I'm gonna post on the Twitter page. Hey, uh, recommend a movie yeah. you want yeah. us to watch. Um, uh, Tell us
0: what you want us to watch. We'll here's discuss a good, at the beginning of the last
1: one. Here's a good incentive. Uh, for doing this. You might be the only one who does it and will be forced into some sort of devil's bargain with you. Yeah. Tell
0: us your name so that when we're talking to the audience on the, the podcast, we will be able to say the audience's name, whoever you one person are. Yeah.
1: Please, uh, please not martyrs. I just watched it recently. And as with almost all French uh, new extreme uh, cinema, I really did not like it. Um, but uh uh one it's too late for you to do anything about it. Uh because like I said, we'll probably have already decided by the time this comes out. And
0: not a spin on your grave.
1: Yeah. Um I've let us have a
0: little fun, you know. Uh
1: um uh okay, I guess we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I'm Will Weldon. And I'm Way past ready for lunch. We're done, right? We're done. Yes, we're done. Okay, great. Okay, goodbye.
0: Bye. Angry little goats We're watching movies now We kind of broke our brains So we're just watching movies now